0: Everyone wants to know, will the economy boom or bust in 2024? Join us as we explore a range of expert predictions from the shifting trends and housing prices to the looming question of a potential recession or stock market crash here on Retirement Success Blueprint. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast with Michael Stewart. Mark Killian here with you once again to talk investing, finance, and retirement with Mike. And we are going to talk about the economy in 2024. Uh, election year, uh, right before the holiday, the Fed said they may cut rates this year as well. So lots of stuff, Mike, that could uh, lead to an interesting year on the economy side. So I thought it'd be a good, worthwhile topic for us to dig into this week. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing excellent. Happy New Year to you and your family, and uh, just excited about what's ahead.
0: Yeah, man. What do you, so? What do you think about some of this stuff? There's been a lot of interesting things uh, happening. Uh, we'll get into some of that, but uh, with the Fed saying they were going to, you know, cut rates or potentially cut rates. All right, I guess I suppose I should say. Market got very excited about that when they first said that back in uh, last, I think it was third week of December.
1: Yeah, you had November and December this, you know, straight up hockey stick rally in all assets, not yeah. just stocks, but you yeah. know, real real estate and bonds and everything else and a function of maybe the Fed won't screw it up, maybe we'll have a <laughs> soft landing and maybe everything will be fine, you know, but right. as you've seen how the market reacted as we flipped into January, there's a little bit sobering reality as to why. Gotcha. Why would they cut rates?
0: Gotcha. Well, let's dig into it a little bit. So let's start with the housing price conversation. So 2024 housing prices. Uh, so what we're going to do, I've, I've got kind of an optimistic and pessimistic take from a couple different places on each of these, Mike. And then I will really just want to kind of give you the, the setup and then let you run from there on what you're seeing and what you think. Uh, and how that might affect you know, our listening audience and your, and your client base and so on and so forth. So the optimistic view uh, was a Newsweek article, and we'll put some links in the show notes for these if, if folks want to check them out for themselves. From Lawrence Yoon, chief economist at the National Association of Realtors, uh, he, he says he believes that a housing crash is out of the picture. So that's an optimistic, that's a good view, right? No, no crash in, the, in his view.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what, what happened is a lot of people thought that real estate should have crashed in 2022, and if not 2022, 23, just because the Fed was going from right, you know, zero to five and a half percent short-term interest rates. Yeah, who wants and a
0: seven percent uh, mortgage, right?
1: Exactly. Mortgages went from three percent to seven percent plus, you know, almost eight percent at one point. I mean, I think the quote from him was like, "There's nearly zero forced distress sales out there, so homeowners are in good shape." And you know, really, the the optimistic side of that. Really, the Fed was trying to, you know, the way they crashed the stock market and the bond market and all those kind of things in 2022, they were really kind of hoping to do the same thing in the real estate, kind of working off some of those COVID gains, if you will. And the rationale behind it was, well, watch this. When we jack up interest rates and mortgages go up to over 7% plus, that means values will come down. Instead, what happened was 90% of the country, last time I looked, that has a mortgage, has a mortgage under 4%. So those people just basically said, we're not selling because we're not going to go pay 7%, you know, when I have a 3% mortgage right now. Because that would basically, even if they were downsizing, it would, you know, double their payments. So instead, what they did was the inventory was low, which just meant that, you know, those that still wanted to purchase a house and had the financial means to uh, could afford to pay more. So that's what's kept the real estate prices up. So that, that part's optimistic.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So the pessimistic side is uh, predictions for the housing uh, appreciation are published from some of the eight largest real estate companies. And they're basically just, you know, like Redfin, for example, they're saying like a decline, realtors a decline. But even then, they're not like massive. So it's more like flat than a crash.
1: Yeah, I think coming after, you know, significant gains, depending on which specific market in the country that you're in, you know, the pessimistic is, hey, you know, we're going to get slight pullbacks, slight, you know, and a lot of them are only forecasting like a 1, 2% decline in general after about a 30% in some cases, like if you're in Florida or some other places, maybe at a 40 or 50%. Run up. So the, the pessimistic isn't really completely pessimistic. The biggest area, which wasn't indicated by these, but the area where I'm a little bit more pessimistic from kind of a macroeconomic standpoint, mm-hmm. since the prices haven't come down the affordability of right. the homes especially right. with interest rates higher makes it more challenging for maybe that first time home buyer or that person just trying to kind of step up into that second home uh it's you know it's going to be a lot more financially challenging for them and challenging to their family budget as well
0: yeah yeah it's it's definitely holding its value out there so it's certainly uh, tougher for folks to consider getting a price or a house when the prices are so high. But of course, if the mortgage rates come down, then it seems to make that a little bit easier to swallow. So that's where the Fed possibly cutting could come back into play. We'll see how that plays out. All right. So let's talk about the recession portion of this. Always the big conversation piece and people wondering. Uh, we've been hearing about it. We thought for sure we were going to see it with all the spending and uh, coming out of COVID and the interest rate hikes. Certainly thought we were going to see a full-on recession. So the chance of that in 2024, uh, this is actually interesting. This is an optimistic and pessimistic view from the same person. Uh, North Carolina state economics professor Mike Walden uh, wrote that, I think there will be two different economies in the year, the first half of 2024 being a down economy and the second half being an up economy. And, Mike, that kind of flows with election years, too, doesn't it?
1: It does, and, and I understand where he's coming from. Uh, Mike Walden here from North Carolina State is, you know, there is that same two sides of the coin, and they both are presenting themselves right now. So on the optimistic side, you've never had the consumer be more resilient. You know, they're con- continuing to spend, whether they should or not. That's a whole different other issue. But basically, seventy percent of the economy is consumption now. You know, it's not manufacturing and those kind of things like it was a hundred years ago. Right. It's primarily just consumer driven. So the consumer has been resilient, continued to spend. Now, the pessimistic side of that goes down to, yes, but they've never been more indebted than they are right now, too. They've right. worked off those COVID savings over the last three years, but they've maintained that same lifestyle, which means that now they're going into home equity, they're going on to credit cards, and you're already starting to see cracks in the economy as, you know, so what you call it, subprime auto loans, subprime mortgages. You're starting to see layoffs tick up. So, you know, the economy is definitely slowing. We're not in a recession yet, but, you know, things are definitely coming in there. On the other side of it, You also have, and and I kind of agree with there's another economist out there that said, you know, we're not going to have this bottom falls out type of recession where just everything just plummets and everything, you know, markets are down 30%, the economy's in free fall, all these things like Mm -hmm. what you, you know, most people doom and gloom see as a recession. Right. What we're seeing is probably like with 2023, there were parts of the market up until the rally at the end that were very resilient. Things like, Technology, communications, consumers, those things were up tremendous last year, even before the year end rally. But we think that there's kind of a rolling recession going on where it's going to be so like as in 2023, energy, healthcare, financials, they did little to nothing and many of them were actually down for the year. So now as you roll into the first half of this year, maybe you're going to get a reversion to the mean where some of the things that you know underperformed last year are going to start coming up. And some of the things that did really well last year might take a breather. So we think that it'll be kind of a sector-specific recession where it'll be slightly painful, but not across the board. But just in various industries at different times throughout Mm, the year, and as we get closer to the election and just kind of catapult into 2025, I think we're going to see things improve quite a bit.
0: Mm, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And and so you know, obviously, these things all play and and kind of tie together, right? So we'll we'll get into the market here now. Uh, But it's 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 not just the market, right? That's obviously the driver of the economy. There's the jobs and so on and so forth. So kind of interesting uh, take from this gentleman, right? That they were kind of both sides of the same coin, saying, well, you know, half the year could be rough, the other. Half the year could be you know, a little bit better. And, and the election thing tends to work that way, I believe, with the stock market too. I think uh, historically the stock market winds up being up uh, during a, the, the second half of an election year. So we'll talk about that here in a second. So the stock market 2024, optimistic side um, investment firm CEO Jay Hatfield says things are looking good for stocks in 2024. Uh, and so his comments uh, from CNBC kind of just kind of validates our theories that twenty twenty four will be a good year because of rate cuts again, back to that December thing. they got the market got a little excited about it, right?
1: Yeah, they are. And it, you know, I kind of half agree and half disagree with them. So rate cuts, and that's where you've seen this, you know significant double digit rally uh, at the from November to December because mm-hmm. what happened with the Fed was, you know, in September for the first time in about eighteen months, they, didn't raise interest rates, but they were still very hawkish about what they were going to do. Hey, we're still fighting inflation. We'll do whatever it takes. So the market continued to sell off until October. Mm -hmm. Then the first week in November, the Fed came out and changed their tune and became very what you call dovish or very soft on Future interest rate increases and said, Hey, you know what? We think we're towards the end of the cycle. We think that, you know, rate that'll be cut before we'll actually increase some. You know, if inflation spikes up, maybe we'll have to. So they were very soft on it. And then in December, when they met, they actually showed on their dot plot, which is where they show future, you know, where they anticipate rates to be in the future, rates going from five and a half to two and a half percent over the next three years. So basically forecasting interest rate cuts each of the next three years to basically cut them in half from where they are. And that's what caused this rally. The one thing, and I mentioned just a little bit earlier in the show, is, but now here early in January, what's happening is the market's saying, oh, sure, yeah, lower interest rates are better for stocks and better for real estate and better for a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, why are they cutting? going to cut interest rates? And it's because we have a slowing economy. They're concerned about a recession. There's geopolitical things going on. Mm. So all of a sudden, the reason why they're cutting interest rates isn't positive. So initially, everybody's like rallied, yay, rates aren't going to go higher. And then now they're starting to realize, well, why aren't they going to go higher?
0: Okay, yeah. So, you know, sometimes they, they tend to get to, I don't know, put the uh, the cart before the horse <laughs> kind <laughs> of thing, maybe a little bit. So, all right. So, the pessimistic, pessimistic side. I don't know why I can't say pessimistic very well. Um, this one cracks me up. So, Harry Dent, and he's got a bit of a history of being dour. <laughs> for if you if you follow the economic stuff at all, and I'm sure Mike, you know who Harry is. Um, he says we are in for it's in store for a crash of epic proportions. He thinks 2024 is going to be the biggest single crash we've seen in our lifetime. Uh, a little, maybe a little uh, dramatic.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, now I will tell you. So, I've, I've been following uh, Harry Dent since the '90s, and you know, from a demographic standpoint, you know, which is you know tracking the entire baby boomer generation from their peak earning years to now retirement years and things like that, uh, he is a master on the research side of it. The problem is, since basically '99 two thousand, you know, he's called. I think 15 of the two bear markets that we've actually had, you know. So he, <laughs> 15 of the two <laughs> 15 of the two. So he he is what you would call a perma bear. So he's never adjusted, you know, it there was that thing that you know when the facts change I change my mind. Right. Um he he is he has never gone along that. You know, and and part of that is there was the big buy-in about, you know, about the baby boomer being the largest generation. And that's been talked about for the last 50 years, you know, about their spending power through their earnings years. And that's why the market boomed, you know, in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s and things. And then now that they're going to start taking all this money out of the market in retirement and, you know, go to cash and canned goods because they're older now, then that's why, you know, that's why what's going to cause this crash and that. But what he never changed his thesis on is some point during that, the millennial generation, so a couple generations just back from us, actually has 7 million more people than the baby boomers are. So there is slack to be picked up along the way. Not that we won't see some challenges and those kind of things, but the whole narrative as to why he is calling for these things, uh, he's still holding on to the same research that he had 30 years ago. So I, I love his research in that. Uh, But his narrative necessarily, you know, doesn't fit today in the different cycles that the economy is going through.
0: Gotcha. Okay, So perma bear. I like that. That's an interesting. (laughs) uh, I think I've heard it before, but I just don't think I quite put it together. But uh, there you go. So, you know, economy boom or bust, it's hard to say, right? There's a lot of indicators. Uh, I think, you know, every time we start to think it's going to go one way, it does seem to be different to your point earlier in the show. People thought 22 was going to be, you know, it it was rough from a market standpoint, but I think they thought we were going to see more possible recession uh the last two years or at least last 18 months and it didn't quite get there but kind of that rolling thing uh, that you mentioned, where certain sectors certainly face into that. So as always, if you got some questions, need some help, and you're worried about what's happening or worried about your plan and how it kind of will work through whatever economy, and that's the point of having a plan is to, to be able to retire in whatever the economy happens to throw at us, because we don't have any control over that really, then reach out and have a conversation with a qualified pro like Mike and his team at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. If you're not already working with them, give them give a call. Uh, find them online, crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com, where you can also so uh, check out the uh, tools, tips and resources and subscribe to the podcast as well on Apple, Google or Spotify and uh, drop a line to the show and to the team if you'd like as well. And that's how we'll finish up this week. Mike, as always, with an email question from Sherry in Wilmet. or Wilmet. Is that how you say it? Wilmet? Yep. Willamette. Okay. I always want to say Willamette. I think there's a big mall in Willamette, Colorado, maybe. Uh, Sherry says, uh, I've spent 40 years saving and investing and now I'm about to retire. I can't even comprehend the notion of turning things in the other direction and taking money out of the savings instead of putting money in. Uh, I know this is something that people do all the time. Why does this terrify me so much? This is pretty normal, right? A lot of people have that, uh, well, I, I like saving all this stuff. I don't want to spend it now.
1: No, absolutely. And, and, and Sherry, you are definitely not alone. Uh, one of the biggest questions you know that, that we address when individuals come in for our fit meetings is you know part of it's am I going to be okay? you know, have I saved enough? And this is the same question whether somebody comes in and they've got five hundred thousand dollars and they're sitting in front of us or they've got five million dollars sitting in front of us because there's a psychological thing that if you think about it for the last 30 or 40 years, you've had this mindset of being a saver right? Be diligent, set that money aside, don't touch it no matter what, you know, tighten your belt, whatever you have to do to continue to save for retirement. But then all of a sudden, you know, the industry expects you to say, okay, well, guess what? The paycheck stopped. Now I'm going to be a, you know, prolific spender now, you know, now I'm going to just start going through all this money. And it's hard to get your mindset to change because you've always been taught for three, four decades, don't touch this money paycheck goes away. And not only do you not know how you're going to pay your bills in the future, you just got this big bucket of money on the other side and you have no idea about, you know, how it's supposed to, you're supposed to live on it for the next 30 years. And the industry does a really poor job of that. They say, you know, hey, just take 4% or just take something. You should be okay. I don't believe should is part of financial planning. At Crystal Lake Tax and Financial Share, you know, we'd be happy to help you out with this kind of stuff. We say if you need income, you know, you've been a saver your whole life and you're used to getting a paycheck on a monthly basis, let's recreate that paycheck independent of what the stock market's doing or Jerome Powell's doing or the economy's doing or what's going on overseas. And an example would be, Sherry, let's say you've got a million dollars saved up and you need forty dollars or $50,000 of supplemental income, you know, to go along with your Social Security and those kind of things. Then your portfolio should be generating cash flow or a yield of about 4 to 5%. So you're going to get that forty or 50000 in the form of interest and dividends from your stocks and bonds and all other kind of vehicles that you have that in the markets going up, great. Your account value is going up and you're still getting the 40, 50000 But in a year like 2022, when things are going the other way, it's okay. The value might be going down a little bit just because the market's kind of in free fall, but your income is still the same 40000 50000 because you're taking it as cash flow off of the investments. You're not spending principal or selling shares to do that. So Sherry... You're not alone. Uh, You've been a saver your whole life. And now it's time to kind of turn on the spigot. Just make sure you have a plan in place, a true income plan that not only shows you where your income is going to come from, but that you're also going to be withdrawing it the
0: most tax efficient way possible. All right. Great question, Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and others as well. And again, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And of course, if you have questions, again, reach out to Mike and his team at CrystalLakeTax.com. You can find it all right there at CrystalLakeTax.com. Dot com, My friend, thanks for hanging out with me as always. I appreciate your time and uh, great job. All right. Thank you. Amen. I'll be talking to you later in the month. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. We'll get back to it again. Uh, sorry about your bears, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. D- Detroit's still in there. So there's, there's right. my adopted team now.
0: There you go. Hey, look, uh, supporting the North. I like that. You know, a lot of times it's like, oh, I can't stand any other team in my division. So good stuff. All right. Well, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks and we'll uh, see you next time right here on Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Source. The Retirement Income Source and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities.